0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am your guest host, Pastor Scott Furrow, and it has been my pleasure to be with you all week long. Today is my last day for this week, but I'll be back uh, in a week and a half, uh, a week and a day. I'll be back Monday after next And I look forward to that. One of the things I like to do on Fridays is do Open Line Friday. Take your calls, and that means anything at all that you want to talk about, you can give me a call about it. So the number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Had a lot of good calls in the last hour. And you know, a great part about the relationship that we've got, you and I, is uh, we get to talk about some stuff here in the afternoon and uh, stuff that we're we're dealing with in different ways. We've had some, some pretty heavy conversation, I think, already today. And uh, that's good. And, you know, we do that all the time. So lots of times we have guests or we have subject matters. This week was, uh, you know, we talked about election stuff and we talked about schools a lot and uh, vaccines and different things. And we struggle, you know, with a lot of those different things to find common ground or unity. We get we can get at each other, even as Christians, certainly in our culture, we're dealing with those things. But one of the reasons, I think, to get some of that stuff out is so that we can also have a way to listen to each other and a way to understand where each other is coming from. It matters so much. And if we're going to be salt and light in the world like we need to be, uh, like we are, like we're like we're called to be, if we're not going to lose our saltiness, then we've got to be able to listen and we've got to be able to... Um, focus on the gospel of jesus christ and focused on being together especially in a world today where we're torn apart by everything right all the the vaccine stuff and the coronavirus stuff and the election stuff and uh pc versus mac i don't know there's a lot of stuff that uh, can divide us even silly things sometimes um and so it's really good just to hear from each other and where we're at, and focus on the Lord. Eight 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 fifty two talks. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. So you can call about anything, and uh, I've got things to talk about. So I'll do those things. And as the host, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever question you've got. Maybe I won't answer it. Maybe I don't know the answer. Maybe I just uh, won't feel like it exactly. But uh, I feel pretty good about stuff and love to have that conversation with you. So call me up, 888-52-TALKS, 888 528 Anything you want to ask a pastor, anything that you want to respond to that's in the news, anything that uh, you might be be thinking about. Uh, do you do Thanksgiving uh, with turkeys? Um, and I'm bringing it up because there's a, a rumor going around. I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's for real that uh, we might run out of turkeys. Now, yesterday I was in the store, plenty of turkeys left. I still haven't bought any turkeys. But I was in line at the supermarket uh, a while ago, uh, about a week ago. And there was a guy behind me who said he was a turkey farmer. And I'm taking his word for it. Okay, you, you raise turkeys. And he said, get your turkeys. And he was saying it really loud. Get your turkeys. They're not going to be any for Thanksgiving. And if you want them for Christmas, you better go get your turkey now and put it in the freezer. And I thought uh, – Gosh, is that true? Because for me, I love turkey on Thanksgiving. It's a bummer when we don't have turkey. I love my mom. She's a great cook, and we went out there, and I was just looking forward to turkey one year. And one year, she made some kind of tri tip, and it was fabulous, no doubt. Any other day of the year, I'd probably choose that. But we are all like, Mom, where's the turkey? It's Thanksgiving. You know, where's the turkey? So uh, hopefully we can get some turkeys uh, for Thanksgiving, and hopefully uh, you can be a part of uh, donating turkeys to people who are in need. And there are lots of opportunities. There will be some conversation about that in the next couple of weeks, I know, here on this station and right here in Los Angeles and in uh, San Diego, all of uh, Southern California counties, lots of things going on uh, with that. Daylight Savings is this weekend, by the way. I thought we voted to end that. Did we not vote to get rid of daylight savings? I thought we did, but apparently Congress has to act, and I guess we did it backwards in California. So other states got rid of it, but what they're doing is staying on daylight savings time all year, I think is how it works. No, they're staying on standard time, regular time all year. And we voted to go to daylight savings time, which is different than Arizona and a couple other states, and so we've messed it all up somehow. Uh, Do you like this? I don't get it. I especially don't like setting my alarm for 2 o'clock in the morning just to get up to change the clocks. Every time I have to do that, 2 o'clock in the morning, change the clocks. (laughs) The phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Open line Friday, we can talk about anything you'd like. Hopefully, you've got some coffee with you, some uh, afternoon, whatever it is that uh, is healthy for you, if coffee is healthy, something good for you. And uh, on your way home or still in the office today, thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live, eight 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 fifty two talks One of the passages that has been on my mind is Fruit of the Spirit passage from Galatians chapter 5. We talked about it a little bit in the last hour. We had so many calls that uh, we didn't get to a lot of it, which is fine. Really glad that we did that. Starts in chapter 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. That's a pretty powerful command there. Watch out, or you'll be destroyed, not by the culture, not by the politics, not by the government, we'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk it by the Spirit, Paul says. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Sometimes people mistakenly talk about love just kind of as a feeling, like, okay, Jesus loves you, uh, and like it's just a feeling of how Jesus feels towards you. He does feel that way towards you. He loves you. Um... But it's so much more than that. It's a love that acts. It's a love that is actually an action. And this is the way we are to love one another. And as long as we are are doing that, it will be reflected in our actions. And in some of the calls that we've had, really talked a lot about uh, grace versus works, and you know, am I saved if uh, I'm doing these kinds of things? Is God gonna give up on me, those kinds of things? And we really wanna emphasize grace, that you're saved by grace. It matters so much to understand that the order of your salvation is that you believe, then you are saved, and then you do good things. Then, then you follow Jesus and you do good works. Where every other belief is that you believe, then you do something, then you are saved. You have to earn it. But this doesn't mean that the Scriptures uh, are not giving us instruction on our behavior. And this passage has it. Before we get to the fruit of the Spirit, we get another list – Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a powerful passage right there. So in light of the fact that we're saved by grace, and it matters, if you really believe something, it is going to affect your actions if you truly believe, I believe that I parked my car in a parking garage next to this building. And so when we're done here today, I'm going to walk out to that parking garage and I expect to find my car where I left it. I'm going to get my parking validated. I am going to press the button and go to the floor that it's on and uh, I remember. I remember where I parked. And if I forgot, my phone has some weird thing where it remembers where I parked and that's creepy. But that is there. But if I didn't really believe I parked there, I wouldn't move out there. I wouldn't walk to there. I would walk up and down the street. I would look for it elsewhere. See, our belief – and see, I don't really question it. You know, I believe my car is there. I remember. I put it there. And sometimes our belief is mistaken. Uh, I actually called uh, the cops one time at a mall because I thought my car was stolen. And the mall security guy came to pick me up, and I said, "Somebody stole my car." And I had been Christmas shopping or something, and I knew where I parked. And I came out, and my car's not there. Another car is there. And I said to this guy, "I said, yeah, my car's stolen." And he looked at me with this grin, and he laughed. He said, "Well, oh, okay." And uh, so I get in his golf cart, and we drive around. And uh, suddenly, I remembered that, I, and I'd forgotten that I actually had left the mall and came back. And I parked in a different place when I came back and for some reason I just forgot that I had parked in the second place and then uh, I had him take me to my car and I sheepishly said uh, thank you very much and uh, felt bad that I called on somebody who stole my car apparently. Uh, But I would not have gone out there had I not believed it, right? It's not something that you – you don't force yourself to believe something. If you believe it, it affects your actions. If you believe something, it will come out in what you actually do. And not always what you actually say, not always what you actually you know portray yourself as. It's what you actually do that reflects what you believe. So we get this list here that I read, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. You know what's interesting about this list is I bet you've heard a lot of preaching about sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Maybe you've heard some about idolatry and witchcraft, and you've probably heard quite a bit about drunkenness, orgies, and the like, those kinds of things. But right in the middle of this list, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Those things are right in the same list. How often do we think about those things in terms of our, our walk with Christ, in terms of what it is that we believe? There is so much grace, by the way, that Jesus gives us. You know, most of the New Testament is letters to churches that are struggling with all of these things. You know, as a pastor, one of the most encouraging things to me, and I've been where I'm at now for 17 years. Uh, I was at the previous place for eight years. My dad's a pastor. I've grown up in the church. I've seen all sides of it. All right. I've seen all kinds of things. I get it. Uh, different kinds of churches and i'm able to speak in lots of different types of churches and i've seen terrible struggles and it's really hard and you know what i've seen as i've i've rarely seen churches struggle who struggle with the ones we preach about sexual immorality impurity debauchery you know uh drunkenness orgies and the like usually those things are pretty clear okay especially if the pastor's doing it right he needs to go that's what happens But going for some reason, I think we minimize hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, even though Paul puts them in the same list, inspired by God to put them in that list. And we struggle so much in that area. We struggle so much to find common ground. I mean, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. And I think to myself as pastor sometimes that if I were the pastor of the Corinthian church, in the Bible, I'd kick them to the curb. I mean, they were dealing with factions that are so bad, Paul calls people out by name. Chapter one, I heard from Chloe's people that you guys have all these factions. And he starts to deal with it. They're suing each other. They're taking each other to the court. They've got sexual immorality uh, in the highest level of, of just crazy stuff going on. You know, something to be encouraged is that Paul doesn't kick him to the curb. He writes to them. And he challenges them in these areas, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, all right, envy, all that is part of it, discord, jealousy. He doesn't give up on them. Sometimes maybe you feel like you're going to give up on your church or you're going to give up on a Christian who's dealing with this. We can't give up. We have to be straightforward about it. Uh, We have to do church discipline and all kinds of things. We have to um, pay attention to what's going on. But see this is the context of the fruit of the spirit. And this is the context of the idea of the fruit of the spirit being something that we can be positive about. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And that's against such things there is no law. There are spiritual laws, laws in the Bible against that other list of all those different sins and there most of those things are illegal even in state law. Okay? Into into you know in different ways, not all of those things, but many of those things are illegal. But against the fruit of the spirit, there's no law wherever you find yourself. And something about the fruit of the spirit is that it is supernatural. It is the fruit of the spirit, okay? meaning that the Holy Spirit is working in you to increase in all those areas. It isn't, you need to work on these things yourself. Go get a self-help book and really work on love, joy, and peace, and forbearance. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is supernaturally available, supernatural, okay, above nature, something greater than what you could ever do in your own strength, the Holy Spirit. Supernaturally there to help you grow in these things. And this is an area where it matters so much. How you doing about fruit? the fruit of spirit in your life. Are you growing that way? Uh, Are you growing in this way? Later it says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, it's not about being better than others uh, or being good so that we can say that we're better than others. That's not keeping in step with the spirit. It's about how we grow in the fruit of the spirit. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I am your host for today, your guest host. I've been your host all week. The number is 888 talks 888-528-2557. It's open line Friday. You can call about anything you want. You can respond to what I'm talking about, or you can just give us a call. And uh, we're going to go for, uh, with Jackie from Compton. Jackie, Jackie, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, Pastor
1: Scott. Um, I, I'm calling because I have a question. It's about fear. Yeah. Um I believe in the Lord with all my heart and you just talk about belief. I believe in him with all my heart. I yeah. pray. But I'm struggling now. I'm finding myself the last couple of weeks really with these new mandates and hearing about the covid and I've been praying for it to disappear. I've been praying for I don't I have 7 grandkids. I worry about them in school all the time and I'm just and my worry turns into anger. Yeah, And I I don't know, and I pray, and I read my Bible, and I just wanted to know, what other advice could you give me to be able to overcome? Because I don't like feeling this way.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what, that is a great, great question, Jackie. Thank you for, for calling. I think fear, in a way, is ruling the day today. With a lot of the things that are going on, we are so afraid, afraid even of each other. And we have so much fear about this virus. And I think we have fear of each other because we have so many different opinions about all this stuff and you know, everybody is right. Uh, we are called not to fear. We are called not to worry. Fear is, is something that the scriptures tell us over and over again, do not fear. But we have a lot of fear in this life and a lot of fear for our kids. You know, we talked about uh, the schools so much and you know I think every parent has different fears you know one of the things that is scary is that our kids may not be educated that the schools sometimes just move our kids along we have fear about what they're going to be told from a moral standpoint that happens uh, and it's happening more and more often and uh, we have fear that we can't trust our government and even fear in the church that we don't trust the church uh, very much so what do we do about it one of the things that we're told to do, in fact, in keeping with kind of this theme of fruit of the Spirit, is to have peace. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So let me, let me give you this advice here for, for now. Go to Philippians chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. So you kind of get a formula here uh, about peace, okay? You get this formula here that that really, really matters. The antidote to fear, the antidote to fear is the peace of God. So here's the formula, okay? Praise, pray, and practice. I don't usually alliterate, but there you go, all right? Verse 11, he says in the same chapter, he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. That means even when he's afraid, okay, it matters a lot. But the first thing you do is praise. It begins with praise, with rejoicing. So what I would say, Jackie, is every day praise the Lord. Find a praise song online or somewhere that you really like and sing it. Sing it out loud. Sing it in the shower. Sing it to your kids. Sing it to the neighbors. Go somewhere in your prayer closet and sing it to God. Praise God. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Gentleness, it's another part of the fruit of the Spirit. These things always work together. Rejoicing people are gentle people. Gentle doesn't mean weak, all right? It's uh, it's people who have praise in their heart for God, and they become kind, and the rejoicing in their life is evident. And you can always rejoice because you have Jesus. The things that we are af- afraid of so much are things that, we let Rob our joy, but we can't do that. So praise God for what he's done with his son. Praise God that he has forgiven you, he is forgiven, and he loves you. Praise him for being near. And then you got to pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your rep- request to God. Every situation. That's what I like about that. Everything. Present your request to God. He He wants to hear even your smallest fear. You know, the fears that you don't want to tell somebody else because you think it might be silly. Tell it to God, all right? And do it with thanksgiving. Really, really do that. I think it matters. And then practice. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Set your mind on the things that are good. I'm looking at a sign in the studio here. It says adopting a positive attitude. 90% of what happens to us every day is good. 10% of it is bad. Yet We spend 90% of our time focusing on that 10%. That is so true. That's convicting for me. Uh, something I was going through my head yesterday. I was focusing on something I just didn't like. And I'm like, oh man, you know what? Ninety percent of yesterday was great. That one thing wasn't too good. That's what I would say. This is your your formula, Jackie. Praise God. Trust in Him. Pray, and then practice uh, and do these things. You got to be in the Word. You got to pray. Psalm one forty five eighteen. And then I'm going to go to break, and we'll get back to the rest of your calls. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. The Lord is near to you, Jackie. The Lord is with you right now, right now. So I'm going to pray that you are aware of his presence. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's Open Line Friday. You can call about anything that is on your mind, 888-52-TALKS, 888 2557 We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today. And we're doing Open Line Friday. You can call with anything that is on your mind. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'd like to encourage you to put that in your phone. And uh, you could probably memorize 888-52-TALKS, but, you know, as we do these uh, phone call shows, sometimes you think, oh, I just want to call in. Do you ever do that? I do that. And I'm thinking, oh, I have something to add, and then I can't find whatever show's number I'm listening to. So put it right in your phone because I can just say it. And uh, Siri call – I did that the other day, and I actually I said Siri call KKLA, and then my phone during the show actually called in the show. So I talked to myself for a while. Eight 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 fifty two talks eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. That is the number. We've been talking also in a context of uh, of peace and finding peace. So, uh, Sean from Los Angeles, Sean, welcome to Southern California Live.
1: Hello, uh, I was I, my my question has been always, you know, with um, I find peace, I the whole thing, but also. I uh, what what do you think the outcome is going to be about the mask wearing?
0: The mask wearing? Um, okay.
1: Yes, because it's going to be a backlash. You can't keep breathing all them cloths and different things, and it's, it's not sanitary, you know, you're using it. Just Just having that. We weren't born yeah. to walk around. Wearing masks.
0: So what's the, what's where's oh, it going? Is that what you're asking? Where's the uh, mask mandate going? Uh,
1: no. What is what health effects do you think it may have? Oh, I or see what you're saying. Life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey. Nobody
1: uh, said anything like that. Yeah. But I have a concern for that because I mean we have a medical field that has ignored many lanes. And things concerning uh, the mandate yeah. of of this pandemic, and it, it it it's just. I mean, I'm I'm a person. I take everything to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. But also, you have to stand and be a voice too, which sure. may have to interrupt. Yeah. Some,
0: well, all right. You, well, know, Sean, you know, let your me... comfort. Let me try to answer your question here, Sean. I think I understand uh, where you're going, uh, coming from, and I appreciate that uh, that very much. Thanks for calling. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-52, or 528-2557. And the question is, you know, where is it headed? Like, are we going to have health problems um, because we're wearing a mask all the time, for example? And, um, you know, obviously people have those questions about the the COVID-19, the, the vaccine mandates, all these different things. I think there's a, there's a lot that we're going to learn over time. I'm not, I'm not a scientist and not a doctor, okay? Um, when it comes to the mask wearing, you know, there is research that I think has changed over time. Either the research has changed, and that's okay if the research changes, by the way. Part of science you know, it irritates me when the, the whole believe in science thing, because, you know, I think we have to trust science, okay? But science, when it's real science, it changes if you're continuing to do research. And good science is always challenging things um, that, are, that we appear to know, right? So over time, things change. It used to be that uh, people thought that the purpose of the brain was to cool the blood, and that was what the brain was. It was like a, you know, an ice box you wear on top of your head. And that sounds crazy today. Sometimes I wonder 100 years from now, what are we going to think is crazy that we thought today? Um, so what I, what I understand about masks and the health thing is you're supposed to actually have multiple masks and clean masks all the time. And I would, I would ask you to ask your doctor, call, you know, I think that's a big piece of a lot of this stuff is be in conversation with your doctor about it. Uh, don't call them every day. They'll get annoyed with you. But, you know, say, hey, you know, this mask wearing, what's the best way I should do it? Some of the advice that I've been told is that uh, you change it. I've been told that like with the, the little throwaway mask, that's what I usually use. And and uh I live uh, right now living in uh, San Diego, and uh, we don't have these restrictions the same way, Or if we do, nobody's paying attention. Uh, And uh, so it's different being in Los Angeles today where every place I've been to, yeah, I got to put the mask on and the hotel I stayed in, I had put the mask on. The uh, place I went to lunch put the mask on and and, uh, then you take it off while you eat. And I'm aware of all the funny things about that. What I would say is for your health perspective, you want to keep that right, but keep it clean. Uh, I told a joke earlier in the week it 's a joke, except i 've really done it is uh, I forget that I need a mask to go somewhere and I used to be when this all started you know i 'd pull it out of the plastic carefully and put it on my face and and i 'd use a clean one all the time well i 've actually picked one off the floor of my car because I needed one right that 's but that 's pretty gross in fact, somebody at my church said that they had to go in some place her husband. And her husband pulled one off the ground at the beach, not even his, and put it on his face so he could go into someplace. I would say that's not healthy. Just off the top of my head, don't do that. Um, but trust the Lord with the fear. And the outcomes of all of this, I think, are um, I think we don't know. I think that um, our culture is going to have a lot to deal with. I think that, that mandates are going to be debated a lot longer than just wearing masks. Um, I think that you know, the question of what does the government have the right to do when it comes to our health care. Um, and, um, those things are big questions. You know, a question that I like to ask people on this, which is hard is if you have a strong opinion about masks, for example, uh, as you do, do you think that a reasonable person could choose the opposite opinion of you that you have? Um, some of you listening are very much in favor of the mask wearing. You're horrified that they're not wearing them in San Diego as much. And uh, we need to make sure that we respect each other for differences of opinion, even when we're looking at the same body of uh, – it doesn't mean everybody's right, OK? But there's a way to do it uh, respectfully. Uh, can we respect people who have a different opinion about these issues, even though we've looked at the same stuff? I guess I don't know if that's – I think that's my answer is we don't know. Do what is safe. Wear clean masks. That's the advice that uh, I have read, and other than that, I think you should talk to your doctor about that. Eight 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 fifty two 52 talks is the number here, Southern California Live, 888 2557 It's open line Friday. We can talk about anything that is on your mind uh, today. And uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is the fruit of the Spirit, and specifically I've been talking about faith, uh, peace and how do we have peace with, with one another. And it really matters, and I think that that something that we've got to learn, and as Christians especially, we have got to figure out how do we stay focused on the truth of the gospel when other truths of this world are hard to ascertain, especially when we have really strong feelings about the truth. Um, you know, in doing this, this program, I hear from lots of people from different – uh, sides of things. And uh, I don't know what the truth is on certain things, but uh, people are very convinced of their opinion, and it's hard to respect sometimes people have a different opinion. And in the church, we can get real distracted by that, where at the end of the day, what people need to know, like if Jesus were to come to our station here and sit across from me, I'd probably give him this chair. He should be talking in this microphone if he were to come in, Right. And we were to ask him, what's true about masks? What's true about coronavirus? Whatever our question is. And he would tell us all of it. And it's 100% right. The thing is, is that the people in our life who need to know Jesus would be no closer to knows, knowing Jesus because of all the time we're spending arguing about these things. You know, people ask, what would Jesus do? I've heard that Jesus would do uh, uh, both sides. He would wear a mask, he would not wear a mask. You know, I don't know what Jesus would do. I have a sense that he would have a third option that we haven't thought of, and we would all shudder at the truth of it and be convicted in our own ways. I think Jesus is that powerful with what the truth is because what he wants us to do is be concerned about our neighbor and their faith and to focus on those things. And we might have a strong opinion about something, and that's fine. And I think as citizens, we need to be concerned about, you know, by personal view, mandates, we need to be real careful about that, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, whatever happens, what matters is that we're making disciples of Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, what matters is the people that God has placed in my life, the people that I interact with or you interact with on a regular basis, your coworkers, your classmates, your next-door neighbors, your family. Are you an effective ambassador of Christ? Is the fruit of the Spirit what they see in your life especially in a time of controversy, especially in a time of disagreement. This is such an important thing to to realize that what the Holy Spirit is doing with us is not trying to give us the correct political opinions. We might get more correct when we draw closer to Christ, I suppose. But what is primary, the primary concern, is the people that God has placed in your life. Some people call it your oikos, scripturally you might use that word, the people in your relational world and are you an ambassador to Christ to them? And the best way to be an ambassador to Christ is to make sure you're growing in the fruit of the Spirit. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and the number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And it's open line Friday.
1: We'll get to the rest of your calls right after this break. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Welcome back,
0: everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today. And we've been taking your phone calls on various topics. 888-52-TALKS is the phone number. And uh, we got some calls on the board already, but if you want to try to get in before we're done, 888-528-2557 is the number. There was a call. I think you hung up and you want to talk about all the masks floating around the ocean and the beach and how disgusting that is. It is disgusting. You know, somebody needs to come up with uh, mask uh, recycling. You know, and all of this stuff, right? I mean, we're just throwing so much garbage everywhere. There's a mask all over the place. Anyway, uh, I would have been interested in your conversation. But anyway, it's probably mostly silly. Uh, Let's go here to uh, uh, Yvonne. And uh, I think I got the right button here. Yeah, Yvonne from Montclair. Is it Yvonne?
2: Hi, good afternoon. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm doing fine. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Good to talk with you. What's on your mind?
2: I'm a nurse. I've been at LVN for the last 18 years, and I worked during the height of the pandemic, and I do have strong opinions about the vaccine mandates and mask wearing. Uh The Bible says that prior to Jesus returning, beware that you are not deceived. Mm. And when I see large venues uh, with political figures and celebrities they're allowed to gather (sighs) mask-free, but then I cannot go into a doctor's clinic, and I'm very pregnant right now unless I cover my face. But yet if we go to a restaurant, all of a sudden we can take off our mask and there's no fear that we might (laughs) give each other COVID at that time, almost as if it it, it disappears if we sit in a restaurant versus a doctor's office. Right. And so uh, during the pandemic, what I saw, this is my personal testimony, lack of compassion for patients with COVID. And you know, what Mm. they really needed was prayer. A lot of them needed prayer. Yes. Fear. Fear can manifest physically into symptoms as well. And a lot of people, I, I was able to minister to them and pray with them, and it improved their symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I think um, as a Christian, it's easy for us to say, well, Jesus would do this, Jesus would do that. Jesus was a controversial figure. He did a lot of things that were considered blasphemous to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he healed on the Sabbath, which yes. you weren't allowed to do. So I think uh, this is the enemy's perfect plan to divide us as a country, as family. I have a brother that will not speak to me or gather with my family because we're not vaccinated. So Mm. he hasn't seen us in a year, but yet he's going to take a trip with his wife to New York, which is a Petri dish of people.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry that that's happening with your brother, by the way. I know that there are a lot of just (laughs) families divided
2: over this stuff. Exactly. It's very painful because... I think this is just the perfect plan for the enemy, and I think it's just setting the board up for uh, what's to come, which is beast worship, because if you want to participate in society, if you want to go to venues, if you want to go to restaurants, you need to be vaccinated. And So what matters to you right now, to be in the world and participate in those things, or to have some discernment. I prayed about it, me and my husband, we both worked in a hospital. My husband, yeah. thank God they accepted his religious exemption. But we prayed, and we, we, we scoured the scriptures, and we, you know, we used spiritual discernment. And my husband's being criticized. We're, we're, we're criticized often, sure. and, and that's okay because we are, feel like the Holy Spirit led us to feel that
0: way. Are you on pregnancy leave, or are you no longer working?
2: I resigned in January because I could no longer continue to see what was happening. I was asking many physicians that were very close to me questions, and they always had, um, they always wanted to educate me on all subjects that I would ask. All of a sudden, I can't ask questions anymore. I asked one infection control doctor, infectious disease specialist, if this thing is so contagious, if it's so. Uh, if we've got to stand six feet apart and cover up our mouth, yeah. then why do we have to go all the way into somebody's nasal passageway to get a result? Why can't we just <laughs> exhale into a bag and get a lab specimen that way? Well,
0: it would be a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. if you could just wave that thing in front of somebody's face, I suppose.
2: Uh, right. Yeah. And all the questions that I was asking, I was getting shut down. And they're yeah. like, Yvonne, just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. Yeah. So I knew something something more
0: Ivana, of
2: the enemy. Mix of
0: yeah. Avon hey, I want to thank you for your service to people during this hard time uh, and for your husband continuing to do that and uh, when are you you when are you due November twentieth oh well congratulations it's uh, ex- exciting time for you and I appreciate your call thank you for calling and uh, uh, for your service there um, you know one of the things that she brought up and i think it's it's certainly relevant okay is there are some people who think that this is you – know, I think less than it used to be. This is the time of the, you know, the sign of the beast, the mark of the beast, you know, don't get the vaccine, this and that. You know, I don't think the vaccine is the, the mark of the beast or the, the mandates except that what we are definitely seeing is a world that is a lot more likely to go along with government mandates and what we are seeing is people not being able, being able to buy or sell for whatever the reason is, government making you do it, but but maybe it's something that even the marketplace makes you do. And that is interesting. And so we need to be on our guard, and we need to be aware that the world is more likely to accept these kinds of things. And we shouldn't be surprised, right, because the Scriptures say that eventually you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you worship the beast. And she brought up do not be deceived. You know, I think that it's mostly referring to – about the gospel, about what is true about the gospel, but when you take a look in fact, I'm doing a study in Revelation right now, we go through it, the text, you know, verse by verse which I highly encourage you to do because it really helps, you know, there's a lot of it that's hard to understand and maybe you won't get all of it, but actually, you read through the book of Revelation, you get it any person reading it is going to get it and understand what is there um, read that book and you will be full of hope and it will even help you with with fear, I think one of the things that's happening in the scientific community with this, and the the things that we, I think everybody sees to various degrees, the the rules not seeming to make sense, right? And uh, I'm not a scientist, and I don't know how it works, but but you know, we all have those questions. A big part of it, though, is because if you do not have the Lord, if you do not have Jesus, who do you have? Where do you place your hope? Think about this for a minute. You know where you place your hope, where you have to place your hope if you don't have Jesus? You've got to place your hope in science. You've got to place your hope in Dr. Fauci. You've got to hope that that guy's right. Or if he gets let go and they put someone else in that role, which they will eventually, you've got to hope that that guy's right. Because if there is no God, if there is no hope other than science, then that's all you have. And... Uh, you know, science ultimately, you know what the hope of science is? The hope of science is that one day the sun is going to explode and destroy the solar system. That's that's what they tell us. It's billions of years from now is what they say. But eventually, the sun is going to explode and wipe out everything that you've ever known or seen in existence. Earth, everything combined. That's the hope of science. And I'm somebody who who wants us to really investigate. And I think God I think God enjoys it that we can have science, that we can have medicine, that we can have doctors, that we can have people who learn new things. I mean, obviously, we've made great advances over time. I think that that it pleases God until we decide that we're going to worship it, until we decide that we are God. That seems to be the thing that – where we always cross the line, right, historically, is that we cross the line as soon as we decide to make ourselves – God. And uh, anyway, thank you for your call. And uh, we're not going to have time for the rest of the calls today. I want to end with something that is uh, important. And uh, you might not realize it, but a few weeks ago, uh, some missionaries, Christian missionaries were kidnapped in Haiti. Do you know about this? And uh, it's been three weeks, and they are kidnapped, and their kidnappers are asking for a million dollars a piece uh, for each one. It's about 17 people. And it includes an infant, includes some kids, and they're missionaries from churches that are probably a lot like churches that you go to. Okay. And you go on a mission trip, and hopefully you've been on a short-term mission trip somewhere, and uh, you've had that opportunity. And I've been uh, to a few places, and it's great. I've had some scary moments, but nothing like this. And, you know, we're called to pray for one another. And uh, I thought we'd just take a moment and and pray for these these missionaries. Uh, they're from a group called Christian Aid missions, and uh, they're in the Midwest, and Canada is where some of them are from. So would you just think about this for a minute? Because we're talking about stuff that we're really struggling with, and it's real right in our lives. But we have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who literally have guns to their head, who are literally being persecuted for their faith to the point of death, lots of things like that. And I think it helps us to have a perspective, even with the, the stress of what we have going on, that there are family members and the family of God uh, who aren't worried about masks at all right now. They're worried about their lives being taken violently in this way. Would you just pray with me? God, we think of these missionaries in in Haiti. We ask, Lord, for their release. We pray for the government officials that are working toward that, that they would be able to negotiate their release and everybody would be safe. And, God, we pray for the kidnappers that— this would be a time where they actually come to know Christ, that maybe some of these missionaries would be called to share the gospel with them. Your word tells us to pray for our enemies and those who persecute us, Lord. So we're praying for them too. Um, we pray for their release. We pray for their safety and for the, the the families of all who are involved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I wanted to get that in before we ended. I think it matters uh, greatly. My friends, it has been t- great to be with you this week on Southern California Live. I get to be here all week with you. And we, we went through a whole lot of different stuff, didn't we? And uh, I love you. And it has been fantastic to be with you. And I'll be back with you. Uh, the Monday after next, I get to be back with you. In the meantime, one of the great things about Christian Radio is there's actually a lot of things going on, and I want to encourage you, if you're in the L.A. area, if you listen to KKLA, go to kkla.com. and get the podcast of this program if you missed anything, kkla.com. There's a lot of interesting things there. If you're in San Diego, it's kprz.com. Go to those websites. Check out what's going on in your community, um, and uh, you'll be blessed by it, and you'll have some great opportunities, too. Everybody, that's it for today. God bless you. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll see you later on